It's a very good morning. It's a very good morning to you here on SEN 1170. Michael Karianis with me in the studio this morning. MC, how are you going? I'm well, Copes. How are you? Uh, yeah. A bit more refreshed than yesterday? Uh, yes. I'm back on 6 a.m. Sydney time mm. as opposed to 5 a.m. Brisbane time. But good morning to everyone. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm just uh, trying to get back on track. Day-night test. Yes. Uh, all the live sport. Tennis going till 5 a.m. in the Mingling morning. with Tom Brady. Yes. Yes, that too. Uh, and then the emotional ride of the 49ers yesterday, yeah. uh, which we'll delve into, no doubt. But good morning to everyone listening on SEN 1170. I am here in Sydney. Uh, we're in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy. And those of you listening on SENQ, 6.93 a.m. in Brizzy, Patton Hills, along from 6 a.m. Queensland time. Uh, and those of you listening across the SEN network or on the SEN app, good morning to you. We have plenty of sport to discuss today. Uh, we're going to talk a bit of the wash up from the Australian loss to the West Indies at the Gabba. Uh, and I was there on the weekend... And a part of that as broadcast, mm. as former player, but also genuine test cricket lover. Uh, and now that I've had a day to digest and think about it, it was one of those moments where I was genuinely privileged to be there, to watch the start for Shamar Joseph, yeah. that moment for the West Indies, um, and hopefully a resurgence to what we've known and loved from the West Indies for so long. But... In and amongst all of it, MC, there was plenty of, I guess, barracking for the West Indies. Mm. There was plenty of people, um, you know, sitting there thinking to themselves, gee, I hope the West Indies win this because yeah. what a story it would be. From I'm Australians. Yes, from Australians, but yeah. people all around the world. I'm interested in your opinion firstly. Is that what you were thinking in that moment? No, I never think that. <laughs> I, I never think, and this is what comes back to my point yesterday where – I think we're seeing a little bit more of it today, a, a proper dissection of the loss and, and scrutiny on, on the Australian players. Because I think initially straight after the game, it was sort of lost a little bit because of the feel-good story and how there wasn't the angst of losing to the West Indies because of their charm and the, the, their underdog status. You know, if this was in England or India or New Zealand, you know, the, the knives would be out and, and they would have been out a, a lot earlier and a, a proper, I guess, reflection as to why Australia lost the game. But that didn't happen in the first 24 hours, which is strange. Yeah. And I think it comes down to the fact that a lot of people were happy. I'm never happy when Australia loses. I don't want Australia to lose anything. Yeah. Right. I want a competitive game. Yeah. I want to see it go down to the wire. I loved seeing the exuberance and passion and the resurgence of the West Indies. But they could have done all that and lost by a wicket. Yeah. And I would have been happy. Steve Smith, little hundred, and it would have been unbelievable. Mm. Uh, so we do have Super Bowl to talk about. The Dragons landing an off-season signing. Former uh, Aussie NFL player Colin Stott, Scott will be on with us. Dennis Carnahan in the studio. But before we get to all of that, our Victorian counterparts yes. on SEN uh, Brekkie in Melbourne, uh, Kane Corns and Sam Edmund yesterday, barracking for the West Indies. My question is... Are these blokes traders, or do you do the same? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. Let's listen to what they were talking about yesterday. 
Were you barracking for the West Indies or were you barracking for the Aussies? 100% I was barracking for the West Indies. <laughs> what are we doing? How could you not? What are we doing then? It meant so much more to them than it did to us. That's the obvious uh, comment what to make. What are we doing? Well, in my line of work, you, you just it's natural to barrack for the story. I was i was like you. I'm, I'm not um, casting judgment here, Sammy. I was barracking for the, for the West Indies. Oh, dear. So, and let's just go straight into on the flip side. Before we give our maybe crack yes. at the potential traitor mm. down in Melbourne. Let's listen to former Aussie skipper Tim Payne and his opinion on what he was watching and hearing yesterday. Were you barracking for the West Indies yesterday? No, I was not and I never <laughs> would and it annoys me. I, I get it from a fan's point of view. It annoys me when I hear past players commentating and almost barracking. I find that oh. really hard to listen to. Tim, that was superb it was. yesterday. It was awesome for the West Indies. It was not great for Australia. No, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great performance. And I don't like... I just don't like it. It feels a bit uncomfortable. It's like, why are you barracking against your team that you played in? So it was almost a famous grab, that. I just don't I, like it. I don't it. like it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But that's uh, Tim Payne on SEN Tassie yesterday. So we can approach this from two ways, right? Yeah. Former player as yeah. you are, yeah. turned media commentator, and I'm the one cheering for stories as a journalist. Yeah. Right? Where do you sit on it? Uh, I sit on very similar lines to you, and I'm definitely, if you're asking me which side of the equation I'm on, I'm definitely on Tim Payne's side mm. on the, I don't sit there and barrack for the West Indies. Yeah. But in those moments during the, the closing stages of that game, I was barracking for Shamar Joseph to continue what was just genuinely remarkable to see, mm. and particularly to be there live, sitting down on the boundary about five metres away from him in between overs. I was watching greatness in front of me. Yeah, That's what I love about live sport. And I can separate the fact that I was wanting Australia to win, but still really wanting this to be one of those great moments in time mm. that I'll remember forever. And so you can do I, that. You can do that. You can do that. And yeah. you, you can sit there and not be displeased by what Joseph was putting out and achieving and, and, and his spell. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, there's no doubt, even the most ardent Australian fans didn't leave with a, a bit of taste in their mouth following the loss, right? It yeah. wasn't one of those ones where you're sitting there and you're going to stew on as an Australian fan. Yeah. Okay? I think... Because of what I mentioned around the West Indies and the way they won and the like, you can live with it, but doesn't mean you wanted it to happen. And doesn't mean you're actively cheering for the West Indies or celebrating their success. I can't understand how um, any Australian can cheer against their national side. And, it, you know, it's like in the Olympics you cheer. It, it could be any sport that you're cheering when the Australians are playing. And I'm... I'm, I'm Big on the fact that in rugby league, where Australia's dominant, I don't, I, I can't see myself ever sitting there supporting another nation. No. You want it to be close. I want close games. I want close encounters. I, you know, I, I'd love it if the Kangaroos had to come from behind to win games and and the stuff like that in, in in rugby league. And the Test series was the same because we all had concerns that it was going to be over in three days because Australia was so dominant. Only had to bat once and, and rip through that that, that West Indies outfit it didn't happen which is what we wanted yeah right but it doesn't mean we have to sit there and be happy that australia lost
Yeah, absolutely. And if you're thinking about the summer in advance, you know, a year ago, looking at Pakistan mm. away from home, and then we get no Nassim Shah, Baba Azam doesn't score any runs, and Shaheen Shah Afridi misses the SCG test. Yeah. Then you throw in the West Indies with seven debutants on tour, uh, you know, Jason Holder and uh, Kyle Mayers not choosing to tour because they wanted to prioritize being ready for the T20 World Cup. I could have said to you that it was a train wreck well yeah. in advance. Yeah. But what we got was a dogfight the yeah. whole summer and our batting group being put under the pump for the entire summer. Mm. And that's where the questions lie. But for the sake of what we're talking about this morning, uh, were you in the West Indies camp? And I guess were our Victorian counterparts yesterday traders? Or will you come on today's show uh, and tell us what you were thinking yesterday? Were you on the West Indies cheer squad? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number and we have lines available. Let us know your thoughts. Um, I'm interested in what you did last night though, MC, before we move on through other stories in the show. Yeah. Because last night was the first time in about, well, it feels like six years, but it was <laughs> yeah. about two months with no live sport. Mm. So... What what were you doing with yourself last night, and what did you watch on telly? Well, very boring last night. Um, I was probably asleep by eight thirty nine o'clock. Perfect. But um, no live sport, so I did have the recorder on for Survivor. I love okay. I love Survivor. Um, we just caught up. Um, it's a my poor wife has to sit there and watch it with me. I've watched it since I was a kid, and I love. I'm obsessed with it. American Survivor can't get enough of. And we just wrapped up the last season of American Survivor, which finished just before Christmas. So we got through that and, and finished that on over the course of the week, or Friday, I think it was. And now, prime for Australian Survivor. I'm not much of a Bachelor guy or Married at First Sight or any of those ones. Okay. What about you? Well, uh, for those of you listening on SENQ this morning, I was at the Tom Brady thing the other night mm. and Lee Castledine was there. Oh, yeah. And who I played against in state cricket for a long time and uh, a ripping bloke, one of the greats, uh, but obviously survivor yeah. and, you know, well-loved across Australia. Bit of a survivor romance. That's no longer a thing, I don't think. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's absolutely right. But he still talks about that experience and, you know, what it did for him, but also people talking about that show in general. Uh, we're married at first sight oh, in yeah. our house. We got through about two minutes. Okay. Then we both fell asleep. Okay. Because <laughs> Kim was up early too for the netball, right? Yeah, she was covering the, the Aussie Diamonds. So she was in leaving home at 1 a.m. Yep. on air and, and then getting home at 6 a.m. Uh, and then I was flying home and obviously we've got two kids under three. Yes. So it's all happening. Yes. Uh, but if you didn't catch Married at First Sight, let's take a listen. I have a feeling they're going to put me with someone like a bit more established and maybe older. Mm. Like, what's your limit, older? Do you know still in my man? <gasps> Seriously, <laughs> nobody is safe. <laughs> <laughs> She's not joking. Lauren is definitely one to watch in this experiment. She says anything and will probably do anything. Her groom better be ready for her. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. I think that's what the show's driven on. Hmm. It was funny. I saw a, a <laughs> Benji Marshall's wife, Zoe, who's on Instagram, put up a, a in early afternoon, put up an Instagram story and a text. It was a text from Benji saying, don't forget to tape Married at First Sight. <laughs> so I mean, that's a level like Kim and I will, despite falling asleep last yeah. night, that's the sort of thing that we'll sit down and watch on 
you know, replay when we get a moment. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's almost like it's so bad that it's great. Yeah. You yeah. need a bit of guilty pleasures yes. in life. Mine's Survivor, though. I don't watch any other reality TV. You'd yeah. be good on Survivor. Oh, no way. Why? No. You don't eat. I mean, I, <laughs> you do. That's a pure judgment from appearance, Michael, and I take offense to that. You'd be good at the challenges. Just because I'm skinny doesn't mean I do not eat. You'd be good at the challenges. Yeah. yeah Whether I'd be, be able to tactically, physically, not? maybe not. Physically, after, maybe not. Well, were I you mean, not a professional athlete up until last year? Yes. Yes, I was. I think you'd be okay physically. Have you oh. seen some of the people on there? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, but tell us, what did you do last night? Uh, what were you watching with no live sport on the Edgewater Homes text line? 0457 736 736. And, of course, as we said off the top, tell us, were you barracking for the West Indies? Uh, and if you were, do you consider yourself a trader? Because Kane Corns and Sam Edmund yesterday, clearly on SEN's mm. Melbourne Brecky show, both in that camp. Tim Payne very much on the other side of things. Uh, in NRL terms, mate, they're the Dragons, they've actually made a signing. Uh, I'm interested to hear about that firstly, but yeah. also just the whole Dragons off-season on what you think about uh, their signings. Yeah, so they've added Ray Fatala-Mariner um, from Canterbury to the squad for the next two years. Obviously, Fatala-Mariner fell out at, at Canterbury at the back end of last year. He was the club captain, um, a senior player there, played 100 games for, for Canterbury. Um was really established in, in their leadership group, but fell foul of Cameron Serraldo and um, the, the coach there and, you know, had that disrupted back end to the year. And this has been ongoing for the last couple of months and it looks like he's found a home at the Dragons. It's, look, you look at the the Dragons signing in, in Kyle Farnigan, Jaime Sele, um, Eisenhuth, Ray Fatale Mariner, and you look at them and you go, okay, they improved the squad. Okay, when you look at the the guys that were out of the, you know, that they had in those spots last year, yeah. but they're not game changers at all. Yeah. They're not game changers. If you were adding them, if you added Ray into a side that had made the top eight, I think it was a really good sign in. Yeah. Right. But aside from Harme Sele, out of all those guys that they've signed, who would make the 17 anywhere else in any other club? Yeah. Eisenhuth has been that guy that's I've always found as, a reliable, yeah, you know, we're talking about the um, Sharks pack the other day yep. and really reliable, good first graders that don't necessarily bend back the line every run, but are impactful, they are reliable and they can play decent minutes. I think Eisenhuth is a guy that falls into that category, but yeah, look, I agree with you. Vitala Mariner is one of those guys that if health was on his side yeah. for a stretch of time, he could be in the sort of kick-out style mould where he can genuinely impact a game hugely, particularly when he first started on an edge. Yeah, I don't think he's got that upside to, to kick out, but he's all right. He had a really bad foot injury and, and that delay, that slowed yeah. him down for 18 months. Yeah. Really, and he, and he was just coming at, at the other end of it um, last season and the back end of, of the year before. But that's my that's my point. Copes, when you look at those Dragons signing, I like Harme. I think Harme is a really good signing for him. Yeah. I think Harme would play 20-plus games at most clubs in their 17. Whether it be starting prop, I'm not sure, but he's in most clubs 17. So that's a good signing for the Dragons because he adds to it. The rest of them, yeah. I don't think they make most clubs 17. So, you know, if they were number 20 to 23, 24 on your roster, 
you know, okay, they're good signings, right? Because yeah. they fill your depth out. You know, they, they've bought some experience and, and you know, um, Fatala Mariner is an experienced player. Um, he had leadership qualities at Canterbury. That's why they made him club captain, fell yep. out there. But um, I, they don't excite me if I'm a Dragons fan because they need a big kill. They need guys that are going to really come into that top 13 and, and make a difference. How many of those signings will do that? Yeah. No, fair call. And we'll talk more NRL. We're going to talk NFL. We'll recap the two championship matches yesterday after the break. We'll talk Super Bowl. Uh, but we are here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Your texts and your calls are next right here on the home of sports, Sydney's SEN 1170 AM. Welcome back to SEN 11.70am here in Sydney. A high chance of showers today becoming less likely tonight. Heading for a top of 29 degrees in the city and 30 in the west. And good morning if you're in Brizzy. You're with us for another half hour before Patton Hills will be a long rain. Possible heavy falls in Brisbane today uh, and a top of 29. So we're here for Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Plenty of you having your say on the Edgewater Homes text line, 0457 736 736. MC, they are flying this morning. They are. There's one from um, PMP here. MC, RMF signing, A-OK, reply ASAP. <laughs> That's good. Acronyms everywhere. <laughs> it's all world we live in. Uh, the Western Sydney Eagle, those blokes down there aren't Australian, they're Mexican. Stuff them. That's uh, in reference to Sam Edmund and Kane Corns. Yep. That's uh, and barracking for the West Indies. We've been asking, uh, when have you found yourself barracking for an opposition yeah. team? And do you, would you call yourself a traitor if you did that? It, when was the last time you did that? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I think the only time where I think I've been really caught up and actively cheering for a side that wasn't my own was you have to go back to the 97 grand final. I was young. Yep. I was sitting in the crowd and just the, the Newcastle V Manly match A dragons fan Manly beat the dragons a year before in the grand final in, in 96. And then just a wave of emotion with the Knights. And you know, when Darren Albert scored, unless you're a Manly fan, you were on your feet cheering. Yeah. You were. And I think that's probably the only time I can recall being actively supporting a side that I really didn't have a connection with. What about yeah. you? Oh, I mean, it's not necessarily barracking for a team, but I can vividly remember being in the stadium for many, many netball matches, Australia mm. v New Zealand, and at times bled as lows over the years and singing the New Zealand national anthem singing. because it is just epic. In that, your head or out loud? Mostly in my head, but, okay. you know, at times out loud. That's, that song and the way New Zealanders live that in that moment is epic. And that's not to say I want them to win the game. Yeah. It is literally just about passion for sport, your country, what it means to play at the elite level in those moments. But the song itself. Oh, have we got it? Charlie, good sir. All over it. Particularly the Maori start to it. So what would have happened if you played a test against New Zealand? You're, both nations are standing there. You're linked 
arm in arms with your Australian teammates, and this comes on. Are you singing it? I'm not singing it out loud, but I appreciate what it means to their country. And no, it's and a great people. anthem, and I've got. Oh, it's a great anthem. Hey, you can probe me all you want but here. There's there is nothing wrong with appreciating. I'm not the singing it though. I might be like humming it in my head, <laughs> but I'm not singing it. Oh, there you go. Let there us know you if you're singing a national anthem. Uh, Tane is in on the text line. As an expat Kiwi, I cheer on New Zealand and anyone playing against Australia. That said, Gilly was magnificent in defeat with an emotional Brian Lara. I totally agree. Well, the I, little montage that Cricket Australia put out yesterday of all the different commentaries. Yeah. That that was magic. I think that's the other element to it to it as well is that you guys in, in the com box watching the reaction of past greats or greats, yeah. you know, and former friends. players and, and guys that became friends as well. So, you, you know, you'd not have a heart not to feel some sort of, you know, something warm and fuzzy for, for the West Indies, but it doesn't mean you cheer for them. Yeah, it doesn't mean you cheer for them. Uh, keep those texts flying in 0457 736 736. Were you cheering on the West Indies? And when have you been a traitor? Uh, as we've just been discussing. Uh, time now for the news. Yeah, thanks, Vanessa. We're powered by Kubota here, SEN Summer Brecky. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning. If you're just waking up, here's some of what's making news. The Dragons, they've finally landed an off-season signing with out-of-favour Bulldog Raymond Faitala Mariner joining St. George Illawarra on a two-year deal. If you missed out on MC's thoughts on that, check out the podcast. Uh, obviously a good signing, whether it is an impactful signing along with the others that they've made this year, we will have to wait and see. Bulldogs football manager Bill Gould says the club won't stand in the way of Tavita Pangai Jr. if reports are in fact true that he wants to come out of NRL retirement and link up with the Broncos. We're all a bit shocked when he gave it away last year and if he's had a second think about that and wants to come back to the sport, I think the sport will be better for it wherever he goes. But he certainly has our blessing to go wherever he likes. <laughs> of course he has their blessing. <laughs> they just got out of paying him 700 grand a year. Yeah, I mean, from a cynical point of view, and this is, you know, I'm paraphrasing the general public sentiment mm. when these things happen. What's your take on the fact that this may well have been in the works? Oh, no, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know about that um, because, you know, Canterbury were blessed in this whole situation, right? With Tevita intimating that he wanted a clean break from the club, didn't want any money from the club, and, and they released that um financial settlement i think that the the bulldogs leaked that um as well to show that they didn't they didn't give him a dollar which was a huge win for canterbury huge huge win because i think he had two more years at least 12 months up to two years left on a deal where he was one of the highest paid players at the club yeah um and wasn't performing like that so canterbury couldn't sign that deed of release quick enough so i'm sure they've got no issue with him coming back um you know had they paid him out and the like and you know there was this huge negotiation or they didn't want him to leave. If they didn't want him to leave yeah. and he was performing as a barnstorming forward, you know, as one of the best in the games, well, there'd be a huge uproar. It's pretty wild to say it in the year that he debuted in origin. Yeah. That that's it, the way this is all unfolded. Yeah. Anyway, big story in the NRL. If he does in fact come back and play for the Broncos, the football that we watched yesterday though, was the NFL mm. and the Super Bowl. 
58 is locked in in Las Vegas. It is the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Let's take a listen to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a single snap inside the 25. Here's Kansas City from the 19. Throwing at the goal line. And it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. So that was Travis Kelsey scoring the first touchdown for the Chiefs. And they went on to win 17-10 to 10 against the Ravens. Uh, some lovely scenes afterwards. Yeah. And I know Mr. Charlie Goodsir uh, does not appreciate this. But the embrace of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Yeah. It was real. And it, it, yeah. it was all people were talking about well, after the game. It's going to be the most watched Super Bowl of all time just because of the Taylor Swift factor. Yeah. Look at him. Charlie Goodsir. Coming in with the goods in the morning. A bit of Tay-Tay. Uh, but this is one of those things where she's performing in Tokyo. Yeah. Has to get a 12-hour, 13-hour flight back. We'll Private get jet. Private jet, of course. She'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, she'll be okay. Yeah, and then has to take a 15-hour flight back to get to Melbourne for oh. the fl- for the show down there private a couple jet, of days right? later. Yeah, of course, it's a private jet. You're yeah. still flying across the world. She'll be, she'll be all right. She will be fine. Anyway, the San Francisco 49ers, they beat the Detroit Lions. And this one, I mean, I'm an unashamed yeah. 49ers fan, and I was living and breathing every moment of this. And it was, I think it was 24 or 21-7. Yeah, they got up to 17 by 24-7. Got up by 17 at one stage. And I was getting on a flight from Brisbane back to Sydney. Yeah. And thinking to myself, I really hope the Wi-Fi doesn't work on the, <laughs> on, the, on the plane. But, man, I'm thankful that it did. Because, look, Brock Purdy, who's, if you're not aware of the NFL, he's termed Mr. Irrelevant mm. because he's the last pick in the draft. Yeah. The odds of him turning out to be a starting quarterback, let mm. alone a good one, let alone historically great, given that he's now made a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback inside his first two seasons yeah. in the AFL. Just absolutely wild. And he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And yesterday, it wasn't just big throws in big moments to turn that game around in the second half. It was also hard edge, using his legs, yeah. taking on, like getting out of the pocket whilst a blitz had come for him and guys were trying to sack him. It was, from a 49ers point of view magic to watch and I I mean I can't sit here and honestly look you in the face and say that they'll beat Mm. Pat Mahomes because I think we're looking at the next Tom Brady maybe even someone that's better than Tom Brady Mm. and I in a biggest game of the year who do I trust the most it's the best quarterback and unfortunately that is Pat Mahomes but it's going to be great it's going to be great and you'd expect it to be semi-high scoring as, as well you look at the weapons on the 49ers have weapons everywhere with uh, offensively, when, when you look at their lineup, and then um, the Kansas City Chiefs, what six six weeks ago, yeah, were gone, not playing well, gone. You know, yeah. like the, there was, you know, if they had to go to Buffalo in week one of the finals, you would have thought, okay, well, they they could be gone. Obviously, they beat Buffalo in week two, having beaten Miami um, in in week one, and you thought, well, they're sort slowly building. Was Travis Kelsey washed? You know, yeah. he looked old and and slow and. Um, wasn't making any near anywhere near the impact that you know had cemented himself to be one of the great tight ends of all time. And then in the last couple of weeks, he's turned it on. Pat Mahomes has turned it on, and yeah, they're going in full of confidence. And you know, one thing about Kansas City is that they're not going to get the jitters. No. Whereas you got Brock Purdy, as you mentioned, yeah, unknown quantity. I can't remember the last time a quarterback would have played who's not on a mega deal in a Super Bowl. Like he's on less than a meal, right? 
Yeah, but he does have the all-star offense nice. around him. It is incredible. So we're really looking forward to the Super Bowl uh, a couple of weeks away from that one. And there's plenty of other sport that we'll talk about throughout the morning. The Herald reporting that next year's tests in the Caribbean could be extended from two matches, two test matches to three, following Shamar Joseph's display at the Gabba. And just on the West Indies, plenty of wash up to their historic win we've been talking about the takes from all around the country that we heard way too much barracking for the West Indies. We'll hear from Australian coach Andrew McDonald after seven o'clock, who was questioned yesterday about the team's batting lineup going forward. And we want to hear from you who should be in that top six moving forward. one 1170 and 0457 736 is the text line. Uh, we'll get all of your thoughts in just a moment.